Welcome to my basement, everybody. We have a tremendous guest in the show today in my basement. It is Neil Druckmann, who has just finished directing The Last of Us Part Two. You guys know how I feel about this incredible achievement in video games and how I feel about the work done by Naughty Dog and by Neil himself. Uh, so it is a tremendous honor to have Neil Druckmann join me in the basement. How are you doing? Pretty good. It's nice to be in your basement. <laughs> you have a lot of nice toys behind you. You've been on the basement before, I think uh, around Uncharted 4, but yeah, that was all uh, artifice. It was all done in a studio and it was much more <laughs> controlled, uh, but it was based on this idea of now my... It's, now it's literally your, your man cave. This I don't leave much, which is uh, sad but fun. Which is kind of your game, sad but fun, a little bit. That's, uh, that's how some people would describe it, sure. <laughs> Um, take me back to um, conceiving the whole, you know, notion of where you were going to go with the sequel. Because I'm sure, uh, even in your mind, and certainly for a lot of us fans of the first Last of Us, there was uh, a hesitation to think about where you could even possibly go with more of these stories. Because it was such a, a nice, tight package that original game. Were you struggling to find a direction and and try to figure out what the hell you could do with a sequel? It, it, it's it's a kind of a roller coaster of emotions as we were like wrapping up the first game and starting to think about other ideas, whether it's new IP going back to Uncharted. Um, I guess there was an Uncharted team at the time, so for us it would have been something new. Uh, and then starting to think is like, okay, do we want to go back to Joel and Ellie? Do we want to do all new characters? Do we want to be in another part of the world? And pretty quickly we zeroed in on Ellie, um, that there's so much to be told with this character. And that's when we started thinking about Left Behind, the DLC that was the extra chapter for her going backwards in time and showing a much more naive version, which you saw in the first game, and started to think going forward, where would you take that character? And had a lot of ideas that didn't pan out. And that's when you start to feel that panic of like, maybe this is not a good idea. Maybe we're going to tarnish what we did with the first game. <laughs> and landed on something that we felt um, had that emotional core that the first game had, this kind of universal feeling that continues the journey of love, um, but a darker one at that of like, how far would you go to avenge someone you love, um, that, to find the people that have wronged them. Uh, and that was once we had that and got a few of like the big beats, that's when we were like, yes, this is what this is worth spending the next several years on. Was it a thing where you had to convince, and we're getting into spoiler territory. I guess I should have said that at the top of the podcast here, but I think everybody can assume that we're going to talk about some of the big events that happen in this game. Um, but I'm wondering if it took an effort to convince your colleagues and uh, your contributors, your actors, and you know everybody that's kind of a stakeholder in this enterprise um, to kind of go in this direction and, and to kill off a character that we all love. Yeah, it, not really, not on a big scheme of things. I think once we kind of talked about the inspiration, what this game is about, what we hope to achieve about empathy of showing you two sides of this conflict, people were excited about the potential of a different kind of a video game story than at least anything we've experienced. I'm not saying there isn't something like out there, we just haven't experienced it. Um, right. So then it was about the beat to beats you know, as you're building something out, there's constant, um, you know, creative tension of people have different ideas or some things land for some people, it doesn't land for other people. 
And it's, it's, you know, you're wrestling with, okay, I can bring a lot of people on board. I can't bring everybody on board all the time with some, I mean, controversial is the word that comes to mind, but just touchy kind of storytelling techniques or narrative choices. I think there, it was hard, especially for some people that have joined Naughty Dog because of the love they had for the first game. Those are sometimes the hardest people to convince of like where we're going to take Joel, but even hard to say where we're going to take Ellie. Um, because, yeah. you know, she's much more innocent going backwards. And as we've shown, you live and survive in this world long enough, it's going to corrupt you in some way. And this is the ex some some of this game is the exploration of that. And that was maybe some of the hardest things to convince of like, we have to go someplace really dark with this character to make a certain point about the theme that we're discussing with this game. Uh, certainly, it has become, uh, you know, a controversial topic in a, in a lot of circles. And there's been a lot of... Um, you know, people that aren't enjoying some of the choices, but I question if people really saw the stakes in the first game. And you delivered a game that had tremendous stakes and tremendous consequence. And when you endeavor to go back into a sequel, how would you not bring that philosophy back into it? And, you know, like, it just conceptually makes sense that everything has ramifications in this world and it's all very palpable you make every bullet count in the last of us which is you know something uh um quite extraordinary about this game and um so yeah it's been a bit baffling to me were you prepared you know for some of the criticism and some of the backlash or you know did you have an, an expectation that some of this might be heading your way into other people's way which is which is all gross by the way some of it definitely is. Uh, some of it is understandable. Um, unlike Uncharted, right? Uncharted is very pulpy. So when you make an Uncharted sequel, you know, we're still trying to tell a character driven story. But so much of it is about fan service. Like, you know, when you, we know when Elena comes back on the screen, what the reaction is going to be. And, and it, all the Uncharted right end is in this very kind of happy place. So there's yeah. never like a big concern about doing anything too controversial. I mean, Uncharted 4 had like Nate lying to his wife. That was the most controversial part of like showing that flaw of that character. But other than that, it's like, it's all, again, bad term probably, but happy-go-lucky in comparison to The Last of Us where you know, and we've been very upfront about this, which is like, look, there's gonna be a story about Joel and Ellie, but don't cheer because you know what it means to go into the, the world of The Last of Us. And I, my theory, Look, any game we make is not going to work for everyone. We know that. It's, it, it, just, it just can't. Unless you make something right. so mundane where it just doesn't resonate and then, then no one can find anything offensive about it. But as soon as you make mm. bold, specific choices, they're going to land really well for some people and they're going to go over people's heads or they're just not going to resonate with it. And I've seen certain people just say, I just don't resonate with someone that would go on a quest for revenge. And I can't fault them for that. They just didn't right. make the connection with the characters. Um, the thing I think for other people, um, why the first game worked for them as opposed to the second, even though they deal with very similar themes and very similar consequences of violence, the first game, despite Joel being having a checkered past, being a very morally gray character in the same way where Ellie lands, it's still a hero's journey. What he's doing is easy to say, oh, he's saving a girl and he's going on a journey to find a cure for mankind. So whatever he's doing, you could get behind. Here, it's like, I'm going on a quest to murder people that have wronged me. And that's, from the get-go, it's much more morally dubious of why you would go on that journey. It's not as relatable, I think, as the first game. And that's why 
the first one, you know, it, the, the morally dubious choice doesn't happen until the very end when Joel says, uh, or Joel decides, I'm going to murder people in this hospital, this doctor, Marlene, to save Ellie. That's where he's come as a parent. That's the choice he makes. And that's where some people, this deviant, like like this divergence happens of like how they might feel versus how the character behaves. With Ellie, it's like, it's, it happens much earlier in the story of where that divergence can happen for certain people. And I think people kind of wrestle with how that makes them feel. Um, so I was, I was prepared for that. Mm. I was not prepared for, um, and maybe I should have been in hindsight, the kind of cultural war that happened around this game and um, aspects of it that, again, I, I knew like, because I've seen it before, like Ellie being gay, I knew it'd be controversial for a certain group of people because that happened when we did Left Behind and we said Ellie is gay. But it was like, maybe because fewer people played Left Behind or because it was just like a simple kiss. It was, it was very small and easy to dismiss. Where here, when it was that, and the, the, when the leaks happened and you saw like Joel getting killed and then leaks of you playing as Abby got out and then people assumed she was transgender. And then in their mind, there was like this political agenda of replacing the man with this trans character and there are rumors that we worked with Anita Sarkeesian when we didn't. All that was just like the perfect storm for a lot of people to get very riled up. And as you mentioned earlier, it's like it got pretty vile and ugly with death threats and um, some hate speech that I, 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 you always expect some of it being somewhat famous online. Um, but to the degree that it happened, I wouldn't have expected in my wildest dreams. Uh, well, I and I'm sorry that you and the other creative people that have made this this beautiful work of art. And to me, it feels like, um, honestly, it feels like a $200 million indie game. You know, it just <laughs> feels like it feels like a massive risk. And it's one of those types of games where you question what are even video games anymore? You know, because it feels like you're you're basically playing through a, uh, you know, a very well scripted and performed television show but you get to live in that world and you you can kind of consume that world any way that you want to to a degree um i just just to comment I, on that for, for a second uh you're right and that that i look at it as like look naughty dog games are going to sell a certain amount just because of the reputation that we have last of us is going to sell a certain amount because of the reputation that we have um the gameplay that we make you know it's 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 somewhat mainstream sort of gameplay. I mean, we've, we've yeah. taken, we've put our own spin on it. So it's like, we have all these things that make it safer for us to take big risks with the story, to make big swings. Again, it doesn't always land for everybody, but I feel like we have to take those chances. Otherwise, you know, why do it? Unless you're gonna do something interesting that pushes some boundaries, that challenges us as creators, what's the point of, you know, slaving away on something for so many years? And so my question now is, now that you've gone through this maelstrom and, and also um, the expenditure of energy to create something that was challenging for your team, clearly, because it's an utter work of art, but um, you know, thematically and some of the dark stuff that you had to work on, um, and you've gotten some of this fallout, you know, is there a drive to now dive back into something that challenging again and 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 also if there isn't like how do you go back to simplicity like how do you go back to nathan drake and and the bullets don't count as much you know not to throw shade at nathan drake you you know i love nathan drake and i love the mm -hmm. uncharted franchise but there is definitely this sort of uh um 
you, you know, innocuous sensibility uh, around the the carnage in an Uncharted game, comparative to uh, the the real heavy violence and pain and messaging around that violence and pain in The Last of Us. So, where do your credit kind of creative uh, aspirations take you now? That's a that's a great question because it's something I am still wrestling with. It's like. When you asked me in like the darkest moments where we we're getting the most hate, when the leaks happened before the game came out and no one was saying anything positive about it, you, if you asked me right on that day, I'd be like, I don't want to come near this franchise or these characters or any <laughs> subject of this ever again. It's, I don't know if it's worth it. Uh, but then, um, you know, I've gotten these comparisons a lot to like Ryan Johnson and Last Jedi, and like I don't think you can avoid that to some degree. And I've kind of researched a little bit of some of the stuff he said because I'm curious how he has wrestled with this kind of did you get a did you get a call from ryan johnson i had a i had an exchange with him actually uh but yeah. uh, actually i got more out of like researching some of the stuff he said which really resonated with me which was um a lot of the things that people complain about are the things i'm proudest of so it right i can't like for for and i feel the same way it's like you know people get upset about the themes or playing as abby and like how much it might not resonate with them, but it's like, those are the things I'm proudest of that this game does. This game lets you see a conflict on the other side. It makes you say, hold on, these really horrible th feelings that I've had. And for people, I think you've mentioned it on your review, which is like, you wanted to inflict pain on her because of what she did to a character you love. And it's like, that's the thing we wanted to explore. So if that thing doesn't work for you and you hate the game for it, then it's like, I kind of have to shrug and be like, well, that's what this game is. Um, and it has resonated for like many, many, many other people. So uh, I have to kind of focus on the that to say, look, we've taken a gamble many times now with, with the games, at least the games I've uh, written and directed with like from The Last of Us, even Uncharted 4, which again is more lighthearted, pulpy action adventure. We're trying to find some universal truth in there, which is like relationships are hard. And how do you wrestle the passion of your work versus your home relationship? And if you give yourself completely to one versus the other, they kind of both fall apart. You lose yourself. And it was about finding a compromise and those are the healthiest relationships. So to right, that is the emotional core of that story. So I think even within pulpy stories, you could find things that resonate and kind of, for us at least, push storytelling forward. So today it's like, I feel much more comfortable with looking at a lot of the craziness in the rear view mirror and say like, I could jump into this kind of thing again. Don't know if I want to right now. And it's kind of nice to take it easy for a little bit and explore different ideas and say, Okay, if we're going to invest our time for something from several years, what are we as a team passionate about? Where do we want to go next? Uh, let's try that for a little bit, weeks, sometimes months, and say, okay, are we still excited about it? If yes, then let's commit to it. Well, I'm seeing even, um, you know, with my review and my spoiler uh, discussion around the game, uh, there was a lot of hate bombing right away, but it feels like everything is ticking up and people are finding the game and really spending time with it and um, taking in the criticism and maybe having real discussion around that. But it's shifting into the more positive takeaways. And I'm seeing that reflected in comments and I'm seeing that reflected in, uh, uh, you know, whether it's whatever, social media, whatever. And I'm wondering if that's starting to happen for you, too. Like. Um, there was a very vocal crowd, but it feels like there's also a lot of people, not just in the critics circle, who I think, you know, like me, universally, almost universally really enjoyed the game, but I I'm wondering if you're also hearing really positive feedback and, and people wanting to see um, 
what your thoughts are on continuing Ellie's journey now. It's funny, we, we talk about this a lot. It's hard to focus on the purely positive stuff. I don't know why as a creator, like you kind of just know, pass over that and then you fixate on like the few really loud, nasty, negative things. One comment can ruin your whole thing. I know, it's brutal. <laughs> it's like there's that idiom, like what, it just takes one drop of shit to ruin like a barrel of wine. <laughs> Uh, but the things that the things actually I enjoy, I, I kind of like this middle ground where like I'll go on a forum, uh, depending how masochistic I'm feeling, whether it's NeoGAF or Reset Era, and just reading people wrestle with the materials and saying like they hated Abby or they loved Abby or like it's a test for empathy and little details that they picked up on that really resonated with them and just people arguing about it. That's the stuff I love because that's kind of the stuff I love with the end of the first game is like there's people that hated Joel's decision and, or people that completely understood Joel's decision. I'm um, usually parents completely like got behind Joel's decision uh, and it's yeah. kind of happening. It's, a, it's different, but it's happening again with this game. And that's the stuff that for myself as a creator, I find really inspiring and like, you know, I, I don't want I don't want to make things that are just easily consumed. I want you to walk away and kind of ponder and think about it and have this thing stick around with you even after you're done playing it. You're a parent yourself and, um, you know, both games really focus on the idea of uh, uh, being a parent, you know, or earning the um, responsibility and the right to be a parent and understanding what that really means uh, in this bleak reality that you've crafted. Was it hard to you know, turn off this darkness and this bleakness and, and, you know, just go home and have a regular family life. And or were you, <laughs> like, would you go home and just like grab your family and just, you know, I just, I felt for your, your devs, for you and for your devs, because you guys must, you spent years in this, yeah, this terrible world. And then here's a bonus. We get a pandemic in 2022. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the launch of this game. So it, it must be, uh, it's I don't funny know, from the outside. Now, it feels like, weird. Now you can talk to me about this stuff, and I could like smile and laugh. But you know, you work on something. I worked on this game for seven years. Most people on the team worked on it for multiple years. And when you release it, that's supposed to be a moment of celebration. Like we're done. Right. We get to see how people react, and then rewind the clock. I don't remember what it was. Two months before we came out, and the leaks happened, and then the pandemic hit, and then we are, we have to say. We don't know when we can put this game out. We've never been in a situation right. where we're sitting on a finished game. That has never happened in the history of Naughty Dog. Uh, and that was a really depressing time, right? It's like you're getting just nothing but negativity and you don't know how long it's going to last. Uh, when you're finished, when you're like at the finish line, it's like that's such a crappy feeling. It's hard to describe unless you've been in it. Um, but to your point, I, I think I don't like talking a lot about my kids and uh, don't post pictures of them on social media for now for really obvious reasons, if they weren't obvious yes, before. Yeah. Uh, but not only with them, I found so much comfort, like hanging out with them, playing Pokemon with them, playing board games, just hanging out. And we get to hang out a lot more because like they're in my house when I'm working. Uh, as well as colleagues, like kind of reaching out to each other. And, you know, we all hit different low points at different times and trying to raise each other up and remind ourselves like that we're really proud of the skin that we made and eventually people will play it and they'll see the value in it. And then to have that ha right that moment happen with reviews when they hit and you saw with critics how much it resonated. And then when launch happened, you saw how much it resonated with fans. And 
um, fan art of like Abby and Lev and Ellie and Joel. And there was that sort of celebration that came kind of late. And in a way it was kind of sweeter because you had this like negative low point. It's like, as if you're writing this out, right? You want to, um, to me, good writing. It's like you're, you're constantly contrasting values. So before you have the giraffe moment in Last of Us 1, you have the David moment where Ellie kills him brutally and is traumatized. So in a way we got traumatized before we got all this like love uh, and it made the love feel that much stronger in a way. It's, uh, and again, we're at a point now we can look back at it and laugh because we've all pretty much moved on to like other things. Let's talk about Ellie and the way that she winds up. I saw people um, uh, really connect and get really hurt with the idea that she couldn't play Joel's guitar, the gift that, that Joel gave to her. And, you know, I think it's it's a, an ending where you can interpret it how you want to, but it feels like, to me, that there was a sense of forgiveness and she was taking him in, but maybe she was leaving the gift of the guitar to whoever got this house afterwards. And mm. there was a sense of like owning her past and moving on with it and, and being okay. Um, in whatever sense The Last of Us okay means. What's your interpretation or what did you mean by her walking off into the woods and, and kind of leaving her past behind? Yes. I guess that's, that sets up questions for sequels, but just let us know what well, was in your I head. Mean, just to, to respond to the sequel thing, I, I've seen for both games, people say it ends on a cliffhanger. And I guess to that, I could just say, I disagree. At least that's never been the intention because I hate cliffhangers because you never know if you'll be able to come back to something. Like Last of Us was the first game I was the creative director on and I was like, maybe I'm going to suck so badly I will never get have this chance again. So this thing has to be able to stand on its own and if I, I never get to make another statement about this, I'll be proud of it and just kind of look at it and not feel like, oh man, I didn't get to, I didn't get to tell the trilogy I wanted to tell or something like that. <laughs> and yeah. likewise with, the, with, with this game, it's like it, it took so much effort to reach this idea and this theme and what we're trying to say, it's kind of the same thing. I don't know if we'll ever come back to this. So this has to be a good ending on its own as far as kind of the complete journey of these two parts. Uh, and then as far as the guitar and like where Ellie's at, sometimes you you write something and you, you can't quite intellectualize it or uh, articulate it, sure. put in words like what it means because you don't quite know what it means yourself. Right. And I've had certain interpretations that have actually evolved over time as I heard people talk about this, which has been really interesting because some people say, you know, she's going back to Jackson to be with Dina. Um, some people say she's going off to find herself. Some people are like, oh, it's um, now she can fully forgive Joel and that mirrors the forgiveness she has for Abby. Some people say the shadow of Joel and the decision he made at the first game has been hanging over her head for this entire journey. And now she can finally get past him. Now she could finally be independent that even though he died, she wasn't fully independent. I, that's been a take that has been surprising, but also kind of like intriguing. I was like, yeah, I could totally yeah. see that interpretation. So yeah. I, I don't, I actually, I like to, I don't know where Ellie is going. That's kind of the, <laughs> the thing. I think there is something about, she can now reflect back on this journey and see how in many ways it was pointless. Um, but in her just even recognizing that, that's like the start of, uh, for lack of a better term, enlightenment. And there is, right. whether she goes back to Dina or not, she is on a journey towards um, a better version of herself, whatever that might end up being. So at the conclusion of a game like The Last of Us Part Two, you question 
the future of the medium. You know, it's almost fitting that this is wrapping up a generation of uh, the PlayStation brand and the console. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, like, what, what do you want to see out of video games? What do video games mean in the 2020s, you know? And, and uh, are, are we digging deeper into narrative? Are we digging deeper into more photorealistic storytelling that, that, you know, mirrors a lot of what we see in, in linear narrative, um, but allows you more agency and, and escapism that way? Or is it yeah, more inclusive I, than that? I guess... Uh... I'll get into a bit of a controversial topic, and I don't mean to be controversial, but it just it's on my mind. There was some controversy about someone compared this game, um, the feeling they had playing this game to the feeling they had watching Schindler's List. And I get why that's right. a, a poor comparison, because that is dealing with real subject matter. This is a fictional genre story. Um, but what that got me thinking about, and we try to push certain themes and realism of characters i think in a way that pushes boundaries for at least triple a games um i could i could comfortably say that even if it doesn't work for people i hope people can recognize that uh and i don't know if we're the right studio to do it probably not but i would love for people to deal with real subject matter like we're we're getting pretty good at like genre stories but what does this schindler's list of video games re actually look like um right there's so much stuff going on in the world that I think people are tackling in indie games, but um, you maybe not so much anymore with movies because movies are just turning into Marvel and Star Wars theaters. Or I guess now there's no theaters anymore, so who knows what movies will become? <laughs> uh, it does. It does feel like everything could go in a total. Like you, you worked with one of the creatives on Westworld. And uh -huh. that was so much of a, a reflection of a lot of, you know, interactive narrative in a way. Uh, you know, it's it, it does feel like we're we're sort of all twisting in on this idea of of storytelling. It's all changing right before our eyes. I mean, but the, I, 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 that's not complete, right? Because there's Fortnite, which Fortnite has storytelling, but that has become a fascinating to me, like a platform. Like people go and yeah. hang out in Fortnite and watch concerts. And there's a future there that, again, that's not necessarily my thing, but I'm so intrigued by it as like, and especially now when we're all living at home, like we need these kind of playgrounds to like meet people and hang out and do stuff. Like I think that's, that whatever's happening there is gonna get accelerated because of the world we yes. live in now. Um, but there is a thing, my passion is, is storytelling is like, how do we keep pushing the boundaries of the kinds of storytelling the topics we tackle and even the kind of characters that we have in video games and just make it uh, i don't know how to say this again I'm, I'm trying not to be controversial but make it safe to experiment and explore because i think so often right now there's a culture of like we just kind of smack people down when it isn't 100 percent ideal and that's okay like i want other creatives to feel it's okay to not do it right it's okay to be out there and get criticized that's part of it. That's part of us experimenting and getting messy and getting all dirty. Like this game, I've said, it's messier than the first game because in a lot of ways we're, we're being more ambitious than the first game. It's a more complicated story that's trying to deal with more complicated themes than the first game. And that's why I, it's not as clean, right? The first game is clean. It doesn't make it better. It's just the, the first game is a cleaner statement than this game is. Um, and that's the stuff that kind of is intriguing to me and I hope other developers get inspired, whether through our game or, or real world stuff, to kind of keep pushing that. 
No, I'm just uh, rambling. Let's keep pushing. No, this no, thing. no. It, <laughs> the intimacy of the first game, I think, is it was something I talked about in, in uh, my review of it, was one of the reasons why I think it, it was so effective. It's like we, we felt like two against many, and um, it resonated, you know? Um, and I felt when I played the game that there was a, a, a real sense of trying to expand the world and get us to know other individuals in this world. Um, and there was a, a calculation behind that because, you know, we know that a Last of Us television show is coming and we know that uh, um, this is an incredibly important brand. I mean, it's a, it, it, it's a beautiful work of art, but it's also an incredibly important brand to Sony. And I'm just curious if, you know, if that was a conscious decision on your parts as creators and creatives involved here, and you know how, and I know that you're also involved in in developing the linear narrative version of this brand. How do you hope that could even come close to what you've just delivered in a game like this? Uh. The good thing with uh, with the show is that we've teamed up with people we admire creatively. Um, uh, Craig Mazin, who was the creator and writer of Chernobyl, um, is just an incredible writer uh, and just has so, way smarter than me, better writer than me. I can say that comfortably um, and just such a joy to discuss these characters that he's so passionate about with Joel and Ellie in this world and hear his perspective on the material um, has been just kind of fascinating. Um, so I think people talk about like, how is it that you make these kind of games? It's like so much is just the makeup of the team. Like you get right. the right creatives in the room, you get the right actors in the room, and then you don't have to do much as a director. Like you just kind of sit back and let people do what they're really good at. Uh, so with the show is like the, and the first thing was like, let's make a team. Let's put together a team that is passionate about this kind of material is passionate about gaming that they kind of get what made this game special. So they feel comfortable walking away from that because that's important. It's like, it's not about how Joel moves or how he punches, or I think that's a mistake. Sometimes you see in games where you'll see a trailer for, I won't say anything specific, but you'll see a character jump in a specific way. Like they're doing the game and it's like, that's not what we care about as gamers, right? That's not yeah. what resonated with the game. That works for gameplay. It, can't, it won't work for this other medium. So it's about playing to the strengths of this other medium and to say, you know, certain ideas worked really well in the game and fans are gonna miss them, but they just will not work in this other medium and we have to let them go. So having the confidence to move away from certain things that you might feel are intrinsic to the world or to the characters, but um, understanding that you kind of have to reinvent everything from the ground up and capture the emotional core. That's the that's the thing that's important when you're going when you're focusing on the story. Um, so that's where it's, it's kind of nice to like not only team up with that team, but to be on a platform like HBO, where um, it's not about action. You know, it's not about big set piece spectacles. Doesn't mean we won't have that, but we don't have to have it wall to wall if we're like let's say making a big budget movie. The, that pressure would be there um, where it isn't here. Uh, so that's where I feel like we have the right ingredients. We could, we still might mess it up. We still might not do the right thing, but I'm very optimistic about it. Well, Neil, I, uh, I, I love the game and, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Naughty Dog and I, I want you to, uh, um, you know, give uh, my regards to everybody on the team. I know that you can't 
actually see them in person these days. But uh, uh, <laughs> when and if you do, give them a high five for me. Um, I can't wait to see what you all are working on next, uh, but it sounds like we're going to have to. Um, but uh, good luck with the show. And, uh, you know, I hope you get some time off and you can breathe and, and just enjoy what you guys have achieved. You know, this yeah. is uh, a remarkable, remarkable game. Thanks, man. And uh, it's it's a pleasure talking with you again. It's always always had fun talking with you. I'm glad now I get to see what your basement actually looks like. <laughs> well, just one small part. You get the whole tour when you come up to Vancouver in 2021 or so. Okay, I'm gonna hold you to that. All right, man. Thank you, Neil. Neil Druckmann from Naughty Dog joining us in the basement. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be back soon with some new content. And until then, play forever.